Good evening, Patriots. It is Christmas Kitty, and it's the 15th of September, 2021. And I did a clapper this morning on something called nullification. And most people might have heard about that in regard to juries. And to nullify something means to make it void and or it doesn't exist anymore. But most people do not understand that nullification was actually a concept put down by our founding fathers in response to a fear that the federal government could get too large and become a tyranny. Now, our founding fathers came from a monarchy. A monarchy is a dictatorship of a king. I always like to say this. If the king says you're Christian, you're Christian. If he says you're Catholic, you're Catholic. If you're Protestant, you're Protestant. If he says you worship a tree, you worship a tree. That's a monarch. He is a, he is a totalitarian state. So our founding fathers had this notion when they were going to form this nation, they didn't want that again. So the notion of nullification was actually in our constitution, and it goes with the Tenth Amendment. And that is what's so interesting about what people do not realize when it comes to our own constitution. Now, one thing I want to say first, we're going to do a little history. And we're going to start with just a little bit of history on what we're talking about. We talk about nullification. Nullification is the notion, is it the states that have the rights or is it the federal government? What war was this about? Yes, the Civil War. All right, here comes a debate. I know it's going to come. It was about slavery. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yes, slavery was the epitome that they were fighting over because, obviously, but... It wasn't about slavery per se. It had to do with who had the final say. Was it the federal government or was it the states? Now, you might think slavery is abordinate and it's awful, and I do too. But in the day, it was the norm. And if it wasn't slavery, it was pretty much slave labor of the day. I hate to say this. I'm, I'm being very honest. So the notion of state rights over slavery itself was not the issue. The actual issue had to do with who decided at, and at what point who had the authority to say a state can or cannot do something. But what's more applicable is at what point does a state have a right to say to the federal government you've overstepped what's in the constitution because that is not in the constitution and it says whatever is not given to the federal government is left up to the states so obviously there's nothing in there about slavery there was not there's property rights and and i'm going to say this i know it's unpopular but slaves were considered property like an animal these days okay i'm being honest so, yes, as, as disgusting as it is to talk about, honestly, that's what they were debating. Now, if we took slavery away, let's say, had, let's just make, I know it's going to really mess some people up, make them angry. Let's say it has to do with cars. Who has a right to a car? Well, it's the same thing as talking about taxes. 
if you don't pay a tax on a 30-year-old car, the government can come in and take your car. The state can, but not every state. Now, what happens? That was enacted by the federal government. And a state said, no, you're not going to come and tell us we can't do this with our cars. And this is applicable because we have a dictator now, theoretically, in the White House that's talking about taxing miles and all those different things. Personally, I don't believe it's going to come to that. I really hope it doesn't come to that. And we'll get into that later. This might be a very long podcast. I have a lot to say. And please, please share these links. You don't understand. A lot of times people need it broken down for them. They do. Okay? That's why I wish clap was a little bit longer and I might start doing some longer videos on another forum. I don't know yet. But listen to me. Listen to me. The federal government comes in and says, State, you will do this. And the state says, No, under the Constitution, that is not your place, federal government. Now, Ronald Reagan had a very good point. Ronald Reagan said, The states created the federal government. The federal government did not create the states. Isn't that brilliant? So, with that being said, patriots, who has the final say? And at what point does a government no longer representative of the people? And then what is the remedy left to the people? Well, our founding fathers actually had a few remedies that they thought of. And one was called nullification. Now, I'm gonna, most of you are not going to do this, but I'm going to tell you about it. Online, there are a number of sources that you can go to and read original documents. I collect antiques, nothing that old. But I do have some antique school books from the early 1800s. And to read about history at the time, or I have books written right after the Civil War, to read about it in that respect is very different than reading from a book 70 years down the road. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I want to put this out there, patriots. If you went to the Library of Congress, where this is, and you read about the Founding Fathers documents, you would read something about nullification. And all the Founding Fathers wrote in scholarly journals and their town newspapers and gazettes and magazines about something called nullification. And what nullification meant is if the federal government made a law so repugnant to the state that they felt it should not be because it was that particular notion should be left up to the state, the state would have the right to nullify it or make it void. Now, that is one of the remedies that our founding fathers put there. And that is in the Tenth Amendment. That's why you hear these Tenth Amendment centers. Okay. There is some miscommunication about exactly what that is nowadays, but okay. So, here we go. The other remedy they gave us was the Second Amendment and the Militia Clause. So, the first thing that they talk about when you go and read these journals, which is so fascinating. And, of course, it's kind of hard to read because some of them are actually written in Old English and the writing is all big and fancy. But you're reading and they're talking about... When a government overstepped its bounds, the people have a right to nullify. And then at the last little bit is if all else fails, the Second Amendment kicks in. And that is the ultimate right of the people to stand against tyranny. And what people, you have to understand, is the Founding Fathers lived through tyranny. People think England was some kind of 
you know, democracy, or I don't know what you think England was back then. It was a totalitarian state of a king. It was a monarchy, like everyone else was back there, okay? So, remember the Mayflower? They fled there for religious persecution? Exactly. So, our founding fathers talk about nullification. Now, we, there's actually been cases, in fact, South Carolina, where I live, there was actually, in the 18, early 1800s, where they tried to enact a nullification clause. And it's very complicated. And I'll be honest, I was reading a lot of these older books and it was confusing me. But the bottom line is, who has the right? The federal government or, or the states? So now we're going to go to the words of our founding fathers. And I'm going to read you. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. Our founding fathers realized with all their heart, no matter how hard they tried, men are evil and men have agendas. And so they did everything in their power to give us the tools that if that day came, we would have a way to stand. Patriots. Listen to me what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to read you something. Give me one minute. I want to read this to you. All right. Listen to this. I want to read you something. Because you need to understand why our founding fathers said what they said. Thomas Jefferson says, I consider the foundation of the Constitution as laid on this ground that all powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states or to the people. To take a single step beyond that boundary, thus specifically drawn around the powers of Congress, is to take possession of a boundless field of power, no longer sustainable of any definition. The capital and the leading object of the Constitution was to leave with the states all authorities which respected their own citizens only, and to transfer to the United States government the respected citizens of other countries or rulings outside of their individual state, meaning foreign affairs, those kind of things. Yes, the United States government would be involved in that, but the states would have control over their own state. He says, I believe the states are the best place to govern the states, meaning the states control their own state. They know their people, they know their needs. He says he fears that if our government ever gets too large, it'll overtake state power. In 1792, James Madison agreed and said, those who propose the Constitution conceived of this, 
did not conceive of unrestricted power by a federal government, but a very limited government tied down to specified powers in the three branches of the government. And that's it, see, there are no mandates. A mandate is not a law. The only thing that is legally binding has to go through the House of Legislature and is a law. And then it goes out to the states. Now, it gets very, very complicated. But people are uneducated, even what the three branches of the government are. Go back to conjunction, junction, right? What's your function? The bill. Judicial, legislative, and executive. And it's a checks and balance system. And he says this here. James Madison goes on to say, if Congress can employ any, do anything they want, then they are oligarchs or they are basically a king. That's what he was saying. So there was real, real, real concern about this. Now listen to the next quote I'm going to put on here. Samuel Adams, Patrick Henry, George Mason, George Wilson, Elbridge Jerry, Thomas McKean, Richard Henry Lee, Luther Martin, James Monroe, and many others all signed documents and wrote in scholarly journals their fear of an overreaching federal government and implored the states, if ever necessary, to utilize something called nullification. And I'm going to read you a direct quote. Samuel Adams wrote, If the liberties of America are ever completely ruined and are subversed by the prudence that no longer exists in our federal body, may nullification be the option. So this was um, real. Nullification was written about. It was talked about. And people knew it existed. And they wanted it to exist for so many reasons because of what they went through. Now, in 1798, there was this whole tension in America. And it had to do with France and America. And they passed four, the Congress passed four federal laws. The Naturalization Act, the Alien Friends Act, the Alien Enemies Act, and the Sedition Act. The Alien Acts were never enforced, but the Sedition Act was. And when the Sedition Act went through and was enforced, it brought up the question of nullification for the first time. And Virginia and Kentucky said, we do not want a part of this. It is not proper for the federal government to make the Sedition Act, and we are going to nullify it. Now, they did make resolutions. The state of Vermont actually also did too. So, could something like that be viable today? According to law journals that I've been researching, yes. The problem is, it's never going to happen. Because there's no way to make it happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Founding Fathers put that option there, but were too big, and it's, just, it's not a possibility. But it wasn't to say the federal government didn't exist or nullify the federal government. It was to nullify specific acts or laws that went against the state rights. So in the Civil War, when they outlawed slavery, it wasn't they were saying when the, the Confederate states actually did nullification. They said, we're going to nullify that. Not the entire federal government, that piece. But, of course, the federal government and Lincoln said, no, you are not. 
So I hope this clears up a little bit. So nullification is directed towards specific acts, not entire federal government. The Second Amendment kicks in in the worst case scenario if nullification is not an option and the entire federal government needs to be disbanded, so to speak. Which is a whole nother story. Okay, Patriots. Let us look at some more history lessons here that most people do not know about. If a state wanted to nullify a federal law, they could go through their own state legislature, House and Senate, and the governor could sign it and effectively nullify it. Now, the debate goes back and forth, and this has been many Supreme Court cases. The federal government can step in and say, no, you can't. And the states can say, yes, we can. The age-old argument is it's state rights or federal. I'll be very honest. I believe the Civil War was, I don't I, 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 I have word this correctly, but um, an atrocity, an atrocity. The North did not have the authority to come in and invade their own country and decimate it and kill and what they did. Absolutely disgusting. To me, Sherman is a war criminal and should have been hung. What he did and March is March of the Sea, rape and murder, and that is not a man of respect in my mind. That is not a military officer, even. The entire war was pretty much treasonous against their own people, so to speak. But the Confederate states did start with nullification, which people don't realize. If you go back and read some of these scholarly journals that were written, and in the Library of Congress, you can go to the National Archives or on microfiche and all this stuff, read them. They tried to nullify it, but the federal government said, no, we're not going to let you do that. So, there's a history of this. There's a history that men have noticed in times of history that the powers that be begin stepping where they do not belong. So I'm going to read you now the exact words of Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. And they wrote these words themselves. And I want you to read it because this is our founding fathers. I want you to listen. Several, and I'm, let me get this so I can read this because the print's really small. Several states composing the United States of America are not united on the principle of unlimited submission to the general government. Under the style and title of the Constitution of the United States and of the amendments, they constitute a general governance for special purposes. Delegated to that government can only have definite powers. Whenever so, the general government assumes undelegated powers and its acts become authoritative, they are also then void and of no force. This government created by us and created by Almighty God and by his compact was not made to be exclusive of final judge or an authoritarian aspect. To the extent of the powers, it's delegated to itself and were made with discretion 
that anything not in the Constitution shall be left to the individual states. In all cases, among powers that be and a common judge, each party has a right to decide for itself, and each state has a right of state governance for those items not for so mentioned in the Constitution. Unfortunately, there's never been a successful nullification. One of the examples was in 1855, the Fugitive Slave Law was put into um, effect. And many states said, we are not going to honor the Fugitive Slave Law. They nullified it. But then again, the federal government came in and overstepped once again. But nullification is in the Constitution, it's constitutional, is an option. And do I think states should utilize it? I think it does not hurt, but it's a piece of history that people don't know about. And I don't think our founding fathers ever thought we'd get so big that you couldn't nullify. Because again, they were talking about specific laws like the Sedition Act or you know, a very specific act. No one even knows all the acts anymore. But theoretically, a state could come and nullify anything the federal government puts out. But look at my state. I'm in South Carolina. Our Supreme Court is mocked. People don't understand what the legislator is. They believe a, that people can do whatever, mandate things, and they get away with it because nobody, nobody is saying no. See, it goes back to the Rosa Parks example. Y'all need to get out at the back of the bus and move to the front of the bus. Rosa Parks did not go to the back of the bus. Now, many states tried nullification during the Civil Rights Movement as well. It is definitely an option, but so is secession. I'm going to be very honest. States theoretically have the right to secede. You might not realize this, but they do. They could actually write up, in fact, some states have a standing secession clause. Counties can too. There's, you'd be amazed at what our founding fathers penned that we don't realize exists today. Or even what Supreme Court decisions going back hundreds of years are still binding and we don't even realize it. Okay, so what do we do? Unfortunately, I don't believe nullification is going to work, but I hope you got a um, great history lesson. Um... I hope you learned something that was not known to you. I believe the 10th Amendment can be evoked in state rights. The problem is how do you make it happen? See, this is what it comes down to. How do you make something happen if they're not going to allow it to happen? Not one court case that has been brought since last year has gone forward. How do you make this happen? You want to know how I believe you have to make it happen? You really want to know how you make it happen? 
the people say we're done. Now, what I'm saying, yes, it's, it's, out, it's there. There has to become a point where you cannot, you cannot say this is okay. And I am not talking about purposely going out and hurting people. I am not saying plotting unlawful acts. I am saying stand your ground. Do you understand, patriots? I am saying we need numbers not to comply. But the problem is I can't get the numbers. I can't even get 10 people not to be scared to walk into Dollar General. And the very scary thing is I've noticed the muzzle mandates are back now, even though all these states have said it's unconstitutional in our state. Our Supreme Court in South Carolina said nobody may pass one. And I saw a sign up on the door of Dollar General today. I basically said F you and walked in. If they want to arrest me, they can arrest me. I don't get I don't really care. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm done. You understand what I'm saying? It is time we all have an attitude. Because they cannot arrest all of us. And God forbid it comes to it. We're not going the way of Australia, patriots. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a reason the Second Amendment was put there. And it doesn't say just put your guns and keep them in your house. Or your rifle or your musket. It says know how to use them. Have enough ammunition to be able to sustain it. Be prepared, be ready, be on guard. Not, ah, la, 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 let's go put a muzzle on and go to Dollar General. F you, Dollar General, okay? F you all that are not going to stand up because the time's going to come where if we don't, we're done. The problem is we don't have a unified leader. Groups can't even unify. So how's it going to work? Well, I think maybe if one small town could do it, another small town could do it, and then maybe another small town could do it. I mean, what would happen if 40,000 armed people showed up in the middle of a city? What the hell is going to stop this, right? I mean, come on. Take a small city of even 20,000. If every armed citizen, 20,000 people showed up armed, and I'm not going to show up walking down the street like Billy Bob. I'm talking about perimeters, defense, defensible tactics set up. And basically said, we are not going to abide by these illegal mandates. If the government wants to come in and stop us, we're going to give you two choices. You're either going to keep your oath or you're an enemy combatant. You're a traitor. You're committing treason. If that's the case, you have declared war. That's a defensive militia, in my opinion. They can leave, they can walk away, and we can go back to Dollar General. But if they say no and come at us, what did they say so long ago? Do not fire until you see the white of their eyes. The shot heard around the world. There will be another one, Patriots. There will be another one. But history, and this is power, because... When you understand the fear the Founding Fathers had and why they feared it, 
that they put multiple, so many layers of protection. It gives it meaning. Every state needs to do articles of nullification for every mandate, every unconstitutional thing that comes out. Problem is, a mandate isn't a law. So, it doesn't have to be nullified per se. But, they want to know, go, go for it. Just the same thing. I said they're going to enforce mandate vaccine. Who's going to enforce it? I want to know who's going to enforce it. How many gun owners are there in America? You tell me. How many gun owners? Huh? In your town, take a small, small little community. 3,000, 4,000, 10,000 people. Everybody's armed with set perimeters and defensible tactics already in place. And say no. What are they going to do? Send in F-15 fighters and what, wipe us out? Great. All right, that'll bring the whole nation to a battle cry. And I'll tell you what, you don't need F-15s and nuclear weapons to win a war. Because we lost, I hate to say it, Vietnam did not go away. And neither did the Middle East. And they're fighting with AK-47s that are already 40 years old. So, leave it at that. They're going to destroy their own country? They could. Yeah, they could take us all out. They could do an EMP burst, a dirty bomb, whatever. We know what, them all back to the playing field of 1776. Get the black powder out, and we are good to go with some cannons. But you get what I'm saying, patriots. There has to be a point where somebody, there has to be a leader, there has to be somebody that steps up and says, we're done. In this town, in this community, we're done. We will not act offensively, but we will not back down. It's in the Bible. But you see the big picture? We wrestle not against flesh and blood patriots. We wrestle against principalities of wickedness in high places. And these are controlling the puppet masters. I think history is fascinating whether or not it can always be applied or not. I wonder how many people actually even knew nullification was a word. So I really hope you share that with somebody. I also think you should go back and ask people what the Sedition Act is. Probably people don't know about that. Ask them about history. Ask them about history. Ask them what they know about history. How many people even know what Sherman did? How many people even know why things they don't want out there? Do you know they're trying to ban Gone with the Wind? My all-time favorite movie of all times? Boggles my mind. The lady that played Mammy became a celebrity. She broke the color barrier by attending the Oscars and the, the award ceremony. She was so proud of what she achieved. It didn't bother her the role she was playing. She was playing an historic figure. That's what they were. It didn't bother her. And yes, Scarlet was a B-word. I happen to really like Scarlet. I think she was a very strong character. Um, it depicted some things truthfully, depicted some things non-truthfully. But does that mean we get rid of it? Another movie they want to get rid of, if you have a chance, D.W. Griffith, Birth of a Nation. Silent movie. It was um, actually written when there were still people alive from the Civil War. And people are going to say now, oh no, that's not accurate. It portrays the Klan. 
The people were alive when this movie was written. They were there. Are we going to do the George Orwell? That's what George Orwell did. Erase history. It's not true. It's not true. Get rid of it. Rewrite it. Rewrite it. Rewrite it. No. I'm Kalishna Kitty. And I really, really hope that you learned something tonight. There's nothing better than education. There's nothing better than learning about something, no matter how small it is. Okay. Alexander Hamilton said, the people are turbulent and changing. They seldom can judge a right or make a good decision. Hence, we have layers of protection in our government. To protect people from bad decisions. Please, patriots, if you can go on Clapper. Clapper is a great little platform. I make little three-minute videos. I wish they were longer. Um, you can find me at the at sign, Kalishnikitti SC. Please go over there and you can um, listen um, to my little rants. I also am starting a little telegram, not so much as a group to chat on, but a group that people want to go on and maybe do small groups, get some information about my organization, which is um, the 3% Defense Militia. We are a national organization and active in every state. Or you just want to get information, even what a militia is, or just any information you might have. It could be, did we land on the moon? But Telegram has some neat functions. It is encrypted. Um, it has some secret chat functions on there, which I really like. So I like it as a way to communicate. And I did go ahead and set up a group on there. If you're on Telegram, you can look me up at the at sign, K-K-I-T-T-Y-S-C. Or actually look me up at Kalishnikitty SC. And I will invite you over to one of the groups. They're invite only. And there's usually, you know, I could have two or three people over there and we could be talking, sharing information, um, getting some videos out there and having dialogues. But as you, I say every time, I despise open chat rooms. Also, if you are on MeWe, I love saying that, M-E-W-E, please find me on there, Kalishnikitty1776. And if you're in South Carolina, I have a group on there called We the People, South Carolina. Please reach out. I hope everybody has a blessed night and pray, spread the word, and tell people, tell people, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Y'all have a good night.